Full Service Radio is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast, the easiest way for a podcast creator to publish and distribute audio on the internet. For more information, visit Simplecast.com. Full Service Radio. You're listening to DC Public Library on Full Service Radio, broadcasting live from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C., this is an episode of Notes from the Library. I'm your host, Victor. Today we are joined by two of my colleagues, the team behind DC Public Library's jail branch. Danielle, Tatiana, welcome to the show. Say hello. Hi. <laughs> hey. Hey, thank you. Um, thanks for coming on the show today with us, and I'm really excited to talk to you about um, the DCPL's um, jail branch. Um, first of all, Tatiana, I've worked with you before in the past. Yes, sir. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself um what role do you play at the jail um at the library in the jail and yeah what what programs or services do you do there sure hi victor um so i've been working in dc public library for four and a half years now uh and i've been working at uh, i started working in digital commons and working with the labs and all that um and after the martin luther king library closed couple years ago. Um, I've moved around to other branches now. Um, I've been at the D.C. jail branch for almost two years. Two years. And mm-hmm. I'm the library associate there. So I do book service. I do um, like yeah, book clubs and things like that. But it's very book service heavy. So it's very di- different from the work we did at the digital conference. Yeah, it, it sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks. Um, Danielle, um, please tell us about yourself. Yeah, my name is Danielle, and I'm the librarian at the DCPL jail branch, and I've been there since the beginning, so almost about five years now. Uh, Prior to joining DCPL, I actually already worked at the jail as the law librarian, so Mm -hmm. I've been in the jail for almost seven years now. Okay. I didn't know you were there before the the branch opened, officially opened. Yeah, I was the law librarian there for about two years. Okay. Um, so let's, um, let's talk about just more about the, the branch itself. Um, and any of you can answer this. Um, when, how did it open? When, when, how long ago did it open? Yeah, so back in uh, 2013, advocates across the city started to lobby to the city officials that they really wanted to get a public library leisure reading inside of the jail. So at that time, there was just law library services for the inmates. Um, and their their advocating was successful, and uh, the city council funded DCPL with some money, and that's how uh, their partnership with DOC began. So in February of 2015, we started to provide mobile book cart service, and over the past five years, that's really expanded to also a walk-in library and programming as well. Okay. And when you say advocates, um, you're referring to like local groups, um, yes. organizations. And advocating, I guess, D.C. Council or yes. their local Yes, yeah, so uh, in particular, uh, there's this guy, Sam Jeweler, who was working for Jews for Justice, and he was kind of uh, the, the ringleader for advocating for leisure reading inside of the jail. Okay. And maybe we could also talk about why. Why do we want a library in a jail? Or what at least these advocates and these groups, what was their argument for opening the library? Do you know? Um. I mean, I guess because we weren't involved uh, on that, with that, we don't know. But 
You know what? If you look at it right now, the DC jail library is really like streamlined with the rest of the libraries in the system. Mm-hmm. So you could just say, you know, it's we're providing more services to the population that so jail if so for our listeners just to think about what the jail population is. Mm-hmm. The jail population could be everything from like couple days stay to a few years a few years stay so people come in and out we have some of the same patrons in that branch and in right. other branches yeah. in that branch we provide um so in the jail when you walk out of the jail when you're released from the jail you can get a library card so those services are you know continuous mm-hmm. um we can also sign you your child up for books from birth so it was just like a way for us to continue those service or at least how we see it like i wasn't there on the ground floor we weren't those the people who were advocating for it but at least how we see it now these are streamlined services for the population we see day to day outside the branch you know in other libraries and in this library the same populations and you know in the jail outside of the library services they provide education GED, um, college classes. A lot of vocational classes as well. So it's just a way to kind of, you know, provide, like not forget about this population. Right. No, you're right. Um, As the DC Public Library, we serve all DC residents and even residents from the NDV area, from the surrounding areas. does the branch right now have, would you say, has a unique mission or any sort of goals? Um, or do you even have a say over that? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I think kind of what we were just talking about, uh, you know, the role of a public library in general is to provide information to your city. And the patrons in the jail are part of our city. They're just an underserved population. So that's the mission of of us being there is to make sure that we're providing library service to as many people as we possibly can. And like to to give you a, like some, to illustrate this point, some people don't pick up a book until they come to the jail library. Yeah. When we've heard this firsthand. And so, you know, if our mission is to put hands, or uh, books in the hands of people, maybe that's our mission. Also, people say it takes their minds off of the noise the Mm -hmm. situations in the jail so like you know whatever our mission is we who work there can see the effects very clearly and Mm -hmm. it is to to make that to like humanize our interactions and to provide people with a not a distraction but like a like a I don't know like a leisure focus something else I mean I think one of the really cool things that we get to experience every day from being in the jail is we'll have uh, inmates come down to the library and for you know the hour and a half two hours that they're down there they're talking about books and movies and programs that we have going on and it's a chance for them to talk about something positive for those couple of hours you know they're not focused on talking about their court case or whatever legal issues they have going on it's a good way to escape yeah you're right i mean we often forget how important that leisure part is for all of us um, can you describe um, the the branch itself? Maybe talk about where it's located in the jail. Um, how it, how do um, the library patrons there access it? Yeah, so the DC jail is two buildings. There's the central detention facility that's CDF, 
and then there's the Correctional Treatment Facility, that's CTF. So we have a walk-in library at CTF, and any patron who's housed on a general population unit in that building can come down to us. Um, any inmate that's in a restricted housing unit in that building, they still get service through us through a mobile book cart. And that mobile book cart is also how we provide service to the inmates that are located over at CDF. So we're seeing um, about 2,000 inmates or so each week, uh, and each inmate gets access to us, whether it's us going to them or them coming into our library once a week. So like today, I was working in the morning i went to two units two let's say cell blocks i think is what maybe people would imagine on the Mm -hmm. cdf side i brought a book cart that has what like 200 books on it yeah and i checked out books to about 44 uh inmates and while she's pushing that book cart over at cdf simultaneously we have our walk-in library operating for the female inmates this morning okay Yeah, um, what kind of books do you bring out on the book cart? Um, how do you decide what you might bring out? Do you have, do the inmates make special requests? So we have uh, just a general library, right? So we have um, fiction, we have romance, mysteries, we have, you know, bestsellers, we have all kinds of thrillers, we have sci fi, we have uh, fantasy, we have nonfiction. So. We do a mix in the book cart, um, a mix of all of those, but also because I see um, guys on each cell block uh, once a week, I interact with them a lot, I talk with them a lot, they tell me what they want, I write myself notes every week, and before I go back to that cell block next week, I'll check my notes and see, okay, we want Harry Potter volume six and seven, we want Game of Thrones, you know, volume three, we want... Um, Patterson books. Oh, they're all checked out. Uh, so they, they ask, and I try and fill that up. But I also put a bunch of just things that I think guys will enjoy. Maybe something is new that's out or some of my favorites that I can recommend. There's always new readers coming up to the book cart. And, you know, I'll ask them, what do you want? And then sometimes guys will ask for recommendations. Or sometimes I will say, like, okay, this is my favorite book of the year. And usually they take me up on it just because... They do want to be involved in the discussion about right. books. Like, there's guys always... I love when there's a guy who comes up to the book cart and is like, yo, you got to, like, get, read this. Oh, that's a really good one. And they, they really get going, and that helps me because I don't read everything. And so... But it's general interest. Okay. And for the books that um, the inmates check out, um, what are sort of the borrowing privileges? Do they get to hold on to the book in their cell? Um, for how long? Yeah, so um, any inmate can check out a book. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't have a a return limit. Um, We understand that there's a whole bunch of different reading levels over at the jail. So you're allowed to take two books with you at a time. And when you turn those two books in, then you would be able to check out two more. Um, We we don't care how long it takes for you to read a book. We just care that you're reading books. Yeah, that's good. Um, Before you even came into um, the branch there at the jail... And what sort of preparation or training did either D.C. Public Library or um, the facility there provide you um, just to prepare you to come in and do that sort of work? The Department of Corrections requires all staff that's going to be in the facility on a regular basis to undergo a 40-hour training uh, through them. So when you're in that training, you're taking classes on what CPR, 
uh, contraband, cultural competency, uh, LGBT issues, mental illness. Yeah. So just kind of a variety of um, issues, cultures, um, also just day to day, how to stay safe type of type of things. You yeah, professionalism, I would even say. Yeah. How long did that preparation or training take you? So it just takes a full week, 40, oh, yeah, 40, week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 40 okay. hours, full week. And uh, DCPL, I don't think, does. But when I started, for example, two years ago, I shadowed Danielle. Like, we walked around a lot. And, like, I kind of got a, a sense of what it's like to push the book cart, what it's like to, you know, check out books. The guys have those. You, you just kind of, like, watch and have those conversations. And, like, a big part of preparing or on the job, at least for me, was just be- becoming comfortable with 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 the environment just because it's so different from all the other branches yeah um i know that some of like this opportunity to work in the in the jail is available to many of us as colleagues um because i know it some of the positions rotate out um for anyone thinking that they might want to come in to the jail and and work what would you say to them or Mm -hmm. i would say that it you have to be um pretty used to like a routine our our day to day generally isn't that exciting uh we're seeing pretty much the same group of inmates day after day and we're just checking out books day after day uh as tatiana was saying before our focus there is primarily books so yeah we do do some programs but we're not really helping patrons use the computers and we're not helping them figure out their emails or how to print stuff off um, so the day is pretty low key, and I don't know if people necessarily realize that. Right. So like, yeah, when you're thinking about that, like, if you love books, if you love talking about books, and you hate printers, <laughs> and, and you hate computers, <laughs> this it's is your place. place. You. Yeah. There is nothing but books. Like even the programming is very book heavy. So when I was telling some of my coworkers about that outside of the jail branch, they're like, "Oh, really?" I was like, "Yo, if you are obsessed with books." people will geek out with you on it. Like, you will find people who will geek out with you on those books. So that's just, like, that's maybe the main thing I had never thought about before I started working there because, like, as I mentioned in the beginning, I was coming from a very digital tech-heavy environment. Um, And maybe the other thing to think about is because, just to our colleagues, these are some, many of the same patrons we see on Mm -hmm. the street. So it's not like some mysterious, hidden world. Like, these are the same people. Right. So, I mean, for better or for worse. But, so, but it's also a more controlled environment. So, you know, I know, you know, people who work in D.C. Public Library, we work in an urban library. So we, you know, so we see a lot of people experiencing homelessness. We see a lot of people who didn't get a good night's sleep because they had nowhere to sleep they didn't have a meal they didn't have a shower they're stressed they they just use drugs and maybe are coming off of that and so there's like a lot of stressors like that you don't really see that in the jail just because it's such a controlled environment so it kind of takes that pressure off you know like so the things we've we see in an urban library you don't quite see those things to that extreme there because people for the most part we'll have showered, we'll have a meal, we'll mm-hmm. have clothes, you know, and so it kind of isn't very interesting change that people are not under the same stress. Of course, jail is a stressful environment, but it's mm-hmm. a different type of, their, right. their lives are much more regimented. Yeah. No, and I think it's important to remember that 
like beyond being inmates, these are DC residents, these are people. Um, and you're right, um, we see um, them out in the branches. I've, when I was at Shaw Library, I, was, I had the opportunity to um, provide services to people who were coming out, who were returned citizens in some cases. Um, and yeah, they, they no longer remember their library card, so the only ID they had was from the jail. And yeah, just helping them with the library lookup. And you're right, it kind of helps um, break the ice in terms of they already have that link um, with the library when they were inside. And now when they're outside, they, they have an, uh, something to talk to or connect with you. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. great. Well, and just to like give you another like anecdote, I've been doing these. So there are inmates who I see on Wednesdays who are intake. So they just came into the jail. And they're all in one cell block where they're just waiting to be placed in a different cell block where they'll be like quote-unquote yeah, yeah, permanently housed yeah so they're all just coming in like literally just came in so i do like a little orientation about the library mm-hmm. and how i start out that orientation i say you know hi good morning um who here uses dc public library out on the street and a couple hands go up and then i'll talk about our services but we'll we'll also get people excited when i tell them about the books to, from birth program because many people have a child and they want that child to read so yeah like you see those connections with their families out in the street. People use the library, and they, I think, appreciate being able to do that again, even under whatever circumstances brings them to the jail. Right. Yeah, and um, I mean, I don't know too much of the other sort of services that the branch offers. Or maybe can you talk to us, Danielle, about, I guess, the difference of when it was just a law library. What does a law library do? that maybe was maybe different than what it, as a whole the branch does now yeah so the law library is strictly there to provide legal information for the inmates so when they're uh, getting ready to prepare for their court case or maybe they're working on an appeal uh, they need to type up a letter to their judge that's what they're coming down to the law library mm-hmm. for um, the law library has some computers that are equipped with LexisNexis, which is a legal database. So they're able to do research there, and there's also some law books as well. Um, but it's very study-focused. Um, I guess we come in and we're the exact opposite of that. <laughs> uh, so we actually share a physical space with the law library. Um, but, yeah, the type of service we're providing is totally different uh, very much into the books we try to provide as many programs as we possibly can with just having you know the three staff members that we have there um we've been doing book clubs and tatiana has been doing the people and stories with the female inmates and it's been extremely successful uh we've been doing a books to movie book club where we'll get a bunch of inmates to sign up and we'll all read the same story and then we'll watch a film adaptation of it um, we've been doing summer reading right now. So we just try to offer as many fun opportunities as we can for these inmates. Right. Tatiana, can you tell us more about the, what was it, the people, program, People to people, Reading? Uh, pe- so the People and Stories program, <laughs> <laughs> is it's a national non- nonprofit. And um, basically uh, organizations or groups around the country, whether it's in a prison setting or in a retirement home setting or in a library setting, 
get together like once a week and or whatever the schedule is and read a short story so the organization chooses like um, eight stories and you sit down for eight weeks with this group and you read the stories and it's really great that they provide the stories because I learned something new we all like learn something new it's great so um, the program that I've been doing at the jail was with the uh, female inmates there's way fewer female inmates in mm -hmm. the jail and for me something that was surprising when I started working at the jail was realizing that the women are not as involved in programming as the men are which in the outside world is totally the opposite of how like education work careers all that stuff so to me it like made a sense to provide at least start providing this service to the women to try and bring them in so I've done two sessions now with people in stories so two eight week blocks and um, we've had I, I think this is what the best attended or something yeah, like that. Yeah I mean just think in the beginning when you first started doing that program there would be maybe three or four women who would show up each week and now we get ten yeah. which is great. Yeah every mm -hmm. week it's been ten and they're really excited to talk about themselves and read the stories um, and so we finished the two and now the ladies have been like who do we talk to about having another one? I'm like, well, just talk to me. I'm the person. <laughs> so now we're reading the book of short stories. That's the DC Reads uh, novel, The Heads of the Color People. Right. That's so, right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the short stories. We've, we've been reading this time around. Again, we're doing it weekly. And it, it kind of, I think, I think it's just like a fun program for the women, something completely different. Somebody reads to them. The program is you read to your like the facilitator reads to the participants because it should be for all reading levels mm -hmm. um, so in the jail there is a lot of um, illiteracy whether functional or like different levels but not everyone reads and so this is a great program for it because I read to you you, you can engage with the literature despite your reading level um, and then after we you know I read the short story then we discuss it there's some guiding questions but oftentimes I've noticed that people take it in a lot of different directions. Yeah. And what's really great about our programs, you know, this book club and our movie club and our author talks is that it gets people really excited and they start to spread the library programs by word of mouth on their housing units, which increases the daily foot traffic that we see in our library. That's great. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to you earlier, Danielle, about just thinking of what a library is and thinking of what a jail is. Like sometimes just thinking of how they fit in or go together is very abstract for me. Um, um, but with that in mind, um, I guess my question is, I mean, I read some of the things um, and it, the, I know that these library services help empower the inmates, um, give them an opportunity for leisure like we were discussing earlier. Um, what are sort of the other sort of opportunities that are available for programming or for just engaging um, with the inmates there? Um, or maybe describe a program that you're thinking of wanting to do but are still maybe challenged in some sort of way. I know you were talking about possibly podcasting or just uh, something around collecting their own personal stories. Yeah, so we always kind of have some uh, big ideas that we're talking about uh, you know, recording oral histories is one of them. A star training is another. Star training, what does that mean? Uh, sing, talk, and read to okay, your child. That's right. Yeah, just <laughs> teaching the importance of 
uh, reading to your children, your grandchildren, nieces, nephews, right. uh, whatever children are involved in your life. Um, yeah, so we have all of these really great ideas that hopefully we'll be able to to make happen. Um, as we were saying before, there's only three of us who work there, so sometimes staffing makes things a little bit difficult, uh, but we, we have a lot of passion and energy to try things. Yeah, oh, and then there's a third person who works there. Yeah, hey, Demetrius. Demetrius, <laughs> what does Demetrius do there? Demetrius is also a library associate, um, and he's holding down the fort for us right now and providing library service for the mails this afternoon. That's great. Um, something you said earlier was... Um, I guess out in, in, in the libraries, you're right, we see women kind of engaging us more frequently. Even I've even noticed kind of a interaction where a couple, um, there's a couple and the woman will like ask the question or something. Oh so, yeah, I've so seen it's, that. <laughs> it's really interesting to hear that inside the jail, women maybe are more hesitant or reluctant to participate. Might you have any ideas why or any thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. I mean, we've thought about this a lot. But I think if you read literature about incarceration, um, it's about support networks outside the jail and kind of what keeps you going day to day. So for men, they might, you know, uh, have, you know, wives, girlfriends, moms, children, and they visit and they come and see, you know, their, their fathers, their brothers, their uncles. The women... And this is just from, like, reading literature about it. You just see that women don't have, you know, the men are not, do not, are not, I don't know, I don't want to say loyal. I don't want to be controversial in that respect. But, like, just statistically, men don't come and visit the women in their lives if they are in the jail. There's also more shame for the women. They, I mean, I'm sure there's shame around, you know, people feel that. But there's just... We hear, even anecdotally, women don't always tell their friends or families where they are if they're incarcerated. Mm-hmm. I've had women tell me mm-hmm. this in my reading group. And you you also read about that. Like, there is more shame for the women just because they're supposed to be, you know, think about mother, the role of mothers, role of women. They're supposed to be sturdy and they're no matter what, no matter what happens with children, husbands, families, whatever. There's a support network. And when that mm-hmm. network falls away or becomes vulnerable, who's there to support them? Yeah. That's that's one theory, but who knows? I mean, sometimes I think maybe it's too early in the morning. Yeah. Because <laughs> so during the first part of the day is when we see the women. During the second part of the day was when we see the men. People don't really like to wake up early. Mm-hmm. And when we see the women, they're kind of like come in. They're like, oh, my God, it's so early. The thing is, my... I think it could be that definitely, but it's just because you hear it across the board in incarceration it can't just be that, but that definitely plays a part into it. So I do think there's a social aspect of who is visiting people, who is there right. supporting them day in, day out. And if you don't feel that support, you just want to kind of like, when I talk to the women, they're like, no, they just want to stay in their cell or stay in the, on the cell block and just make it through this part of their lives. Mm-hmm. Like they don't want to like engage with library stuff or engage with other programs. Right. Um, do you know the total population of the facility, the, the jail? It's probably around 2,000 inmates. Okay. And then, you, like we mentioned earlier, most of the inmates are there for short term. Right. So it is a jail, so it's not designed for long-term incarceration. Um, so a lot of people there may only be there for a few months or less than a year. Uh, unfortunately, just because sometimes the court system is very slow, there are individuals who are there for, you know, two, three years at a time. Okay. And I don't know if you know more about this, but I guess 
for someone that has never been to a jail or has had family or, or friends in jail, what sort of what's the lifestyle for an inmate? Um, you mentioned visitation rights. What other sort of things are available to the inmates? So they have a really great uh, education suite. So they have the uh, what is it, college and career readiness? I think that's what right. they call it there. And they offer a ton of GED classes, vocational classes like commercial cleaning and digital literacy. And um, the cable, like there's a copper really, cabling. Yeah, there's a really great certificate program mm-hmm. right now. It's like a multi, you can get several certificates for it. Yeah, all of these real world, um, you know, skills like, yeah, copper cabling. There was fi- fiber optics. Mm-hmm. So those are some new programs. There's a ton of university partnerships with the jail as well. So professors from Georgetown are coming in and teaching four credit classes. Uh, Howard University is doing the same, and they do their inside-out program. So students that are actually on Howard's campus are coming into the jail with their professor and taking classes with the inmates. Um, There's a music production class. There's a tablet course that the inmates are taking through Ashland University where they can work towards getting their associate's degree all mm-hmm. through digital learning. Um, what there's a- what they take classes through uh, the food provider there to get like their safe serve license. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's the, great. One of the GED cell blocks I go on, um, they're big readers, but recently I started going on and somebody was like, well... We all just got tablets, and they have a bunch of books on them. And I'm like, what, should I stop coming? They're like, no, 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 you, you know, you're great, too. Yeah, it reminds me also of when we were in Digital Commons, we had the video phone where um, people could come in and call someone who was in the jail. Yeah, yeah. 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 There is that. Um, they also have this, what is that, Ready, Ready Center? Yeah, that's new. Mm-hmm. DOC just opened up the Ready Center. So it's designed for when an inmate is released, they can just go right to the Ready Center, which is on the jail's property. And it's kind of a one-stop shop for all of these important things that you might have to do when you're released back to the community. Uh, I think maybe help getting you your ID. Yeah, um, like they have representatives from the DMV there, and somebody from like food stamps there. Yeah, yeah some and kind then, of housing. Yeah. yeah, and then while you're there in the in the branch, do you do do you collaborate with these other resources and services? Do you work together, or are you mainly kind of separate? We try to work with them and have some type of collaborative effort. So I think um, probably the best example of that is that we do provide library cards to individuals when they are released. Mm -hmm. So when an inmate is getting processed to leave the facility, uh, the officer that is discharging them will offer them a DCPL library card and a brochure that kind of just outlines all of the different services that we provide and all of our locations. So uh, if an inmate is interested, they can physically leave the jail with that library card in their hand. And um, that, that information comes back to us, to our staff, and we process those library cards in just a couple of days so they're active and inmates can go and use them, you know, in any of our 26 locations yeah. throughout the city. That's great. And also, um, you know, as part of their different research projects, um, inmates come into the library, they know they can get help from us, um, and we provide research help. So we have a, you know, like a what, world book encyclopedia. Yeah, we have the 2018 mm-hmm. world book. Because and you got to remember. say research, it's like for their GD classes? For, for both. University, GD, whatever mm-hmm. kind of classes they're working they're taking, on. Right. Yeah, so because you got to remember, I think for the most part, they don't have access to anything like Wikipedia or anything like right, that. Right, they don't, there's no internet connection right, in the jail. Okay. So then you have to go back 
old school and yeah. be like, all right, I'm coming to the library and I need to learn about a topic. Is there like a digital catalog in the jail? No. 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 We are the digital catalog. Yeah. Okay, so you know the collection <laughs> yes. entirely. Well, we can go just look it at, at, at up. We on have okay. internet connection back in our office. Okay. It's just not available for the inmates. Yeah. yeah. Do you know how, I don't know if I asked already, but the total number of, of books that's there now? Yeah, we have about 15,000 items okay. in our collection, and that's primarily books, but we also have playaways, which are audios. Okay. Well, you've been with the, the jail for a while now. And you've had some opportunities to do other things. Like, I know you've been interviewed other times. You've worked with an author um, to write a book. Can you talk about some of those experiences you've had? I guess when the J- the, the branch opened, it created a lot of buzz. And yeah. with you working there, you were the one speaking or kind of the face of, of the library there. <laughs> Probably because <laughs> I was the only one there at that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were the only one there. So you were doing a lot of work. Yeah, um, I, I think it's been really great. Um, you know, the, the way that we are able to expand our program and to get more resources is when more people hear about it and more people get really excited about it. So when we have people like George Pelicanos come right. in and he's like a huge advocate for the program that we're doing, that's just, that's just great for us. And that gives us more opportunities for the inmates, um, whether that be George physically coming in and giving an author talk to the inmates or getting copies of his new book for all of the inmates and doing book signings. It's it's just all really positive, cool things that we can give to them. Right. That's great. Well, I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about or um, ask each other about your time at the branch and in, in the live, in the jail? Um, yeah. Before. I mean, I think the the big takeaway that we probably want people to know is that the DCPL jail branch is very much like any other branch on the street. Um, I know a lot of times when you tell people that you work in a jail, they kind of look at you like, you know, you have a unicorn in your backyard or something like that. And it's really not that glamorous and not that exciting. Uh, It's very much just like any other public library that we have. Right. And I guess what, what is something that you look forward to when you come in um, to work every day? What's something that you hold on to that makes you feel good about what, your work? I think it's just like the little stories that sometimes inmates will tell us. Um, I know a few months ago I had a guy tell me that he, he came down to our library and he checked out a George Pelicano's book and he thought that it was so great. So when he talked to his wife on the phone later that night, uh, he had told her, hey, I just read this book, like you should go to the public library and check it out. And then that's what she did. And now that's a conversation point for the two of them to have. And that's just like a really, you know, touching, heartwarming story. And mm-hmm. it, it kind of makes us feel good about what we do each day. Yeah, there's like so many stories like that. Um, I mean, there's something more like there's also, I mean, if you think about a jail environment, like what I was saying, like it's a comp, not comp, but it's a structured place, right? But I just, I don't want to say that it's a great place to be. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is obvious, but just to kind of underline that point, the service we provide makes people feel like like makes people feel normal Mm -hmm. and i and i know that because i've had at one point two guys tell me they say thank you and i'm not exaggerating this verbatim they said thank you for treating us like human beings and that's because incarceration is dehumanizing Mm -hmm. um and uh 
because you're locked up, you know, you might not even have windows to look through. So um, when you can read a book, when you, you know, and it's a loud space, just because of the nature of it, it can be very loud. Um, so sometimes guys come down to the library and they'll say, I like coming to the library because it's quiet. Mm-hmm. And so like those moments are very, very meaningful to us that we are able to provide something like that. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing that. And I mean, yeah, I think a lot of what you do at the branch um, is to help empower these inmates, just provide them with the book and collection and leisure. So thanks for, for your work there. Um, and I guess you guys go back to, to later today or when when's your shift for the rest? What's your shift like? Um, so, uh, yeah, we're there until 4.15. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, well, Thanks again, and um, this has been an episode of the D.C. Public Library on Full Service Radio in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Visit dclibrary.org for more information and send us your feedback at DCPL on Twitter and D.C. Public Library on Instagram. Thank you for listening, and have a good afternoon. Thanks for listening to this program on Full Service Radio, broadcasting and recording from the Line Hotel in Adams Morgan, Washington, D.C. Full Service Radio programming can be accessed live and archived on fullserviceradio.org. Our talk programming is available on most podcast apps like iTunes and Stitcher, and our DJ sets are available on mixcloud.com slash fullserviceradio. Full Service Radio features over 30 weekly shows and over 50 local hosts covering every topic imaginable. If you want to be a guest or get involved, email us at info at fullserviceradio.org. Follow us on Twitter at Full Service RDO, on Instagram and Facebook at Full Service Radio. Thanks for listening. Bye.